0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Second Kings 4 and verse 8. One day Elijah went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped to eat, which it's pretty plain to see that girlfriend could throw down the vittles because I've found that all preachers, prophets, those in the ministry like to eat a lot. And if she couldn't cook, it's fair to say he wouldn't have come back for a meal. How many of you like eating horrible food? Dried chicken that tastes like wood. How many of you... Oh, sign me up. Can I have another place with a wooden chicken? Some petrified beef. Oh, please, double extra well done. I was in a steakhouse a long time ago in New York City. And the waiter, you know, one of those really nice steakhouses, was going around and I'd brought a friend. And... uh, my dad was paying the bill. I think I was in high school. Get to my friend, and he says, uh, how would you like your steak cooked? He said, uh, well done. He said, ah! <laughs> that's the response of the waiter. Ah! And everybody at the table was like, ah! He said, what? I'm like, just give him a burger. Forget, just give him a burger. All right, if you don't understand that, that's all right. Plant-based protein is wonderful. Feel free to enjoy that. (laughs) She said to her husband, I know this is a man who often comes her way, I know this man who often comes her way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small room on the roof and put a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. So she wants to honor the man of God and, and the man of God wants to eat food and, and she and her husband decide to do an extension on their home. So they, they build an extension and they make room and I've heard many a message preached on making room for the anointing. And it's a great word that you can make room for more of God in your life. I said, you can make room for more of God. You know, the beautiful thing about the Lord is you can't overdose on him. There's no toxic levels in God. I just flew um, thousands of miles and uh, I'm still sort of jet lag and, and feel sort of like I'm still on a jet, sort of. Now, while I'm on jets, uh, I wish I could tell you that this The result of what's taken place for me over this last trip was a result of me just really being touched by the Lord and everything. But the truth is, I've watched every movie. Every movie that that I would watch. I don't watch filth. I don't watch junk. I I don't watch defiling movies. So I've watched every movie that I can watch before the Lord, and that I I don't want to watch bad movies. Okay, I I don't want to. It's not like it's a temptation. Ooh, let me get defiled. So I've watched every movie that can be watched with the man of conviction that I am, that Alaska Airlines has. Everyone. There are no more movies for me to watch. As a result, because I, I don't know, preachers like to eat and they like watching action movies. Actually, it's spirit-filled preachers like watching action movies non-spirit-filled preachers, I don't think, watch action movies. <laughs> That's what Pastor Kirsten told me anyway. So, so I, I'm, an audio, I'm an auditory learner. How many of you are auditory? There's many different ways to learn. In fact, I need, I need all of them. I need to, I need to hear it. I want to see it. I need to touch it, and I need to practice it. And, and you do all of those things, it gets deeper down in you. But the main the main way that I learn is through hearing, and so I I had listened to audiobooks. Does anybody else listen to audiobooks? I listen to audiobooks. Somebody said all the time, listen to audiobooks. I listen to preaching. I listen to the Word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. And so I have many audiobooks that I'm working on. I'm I'm like 25 percent through about 20 different books. (laughs) And you know, the thing about the audio books is sometimes the people reading it are so irritating, God bless them. Like, get somebody else to read it, right? It's like with an audio Bible, they read a section of scripture and you're like, no, nah, I wouldn't have read that that way. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And so the man rose walking and leaping and praising God. He went into the te- That is not how that should be read. Okay, so. So I've, I've just finished a book on prayer by E.M. Bounds. It was so powerful. I've started a book called uh, The Return of the God Hypothesis, which somebody here referred to me to speak. It is an intellectual work. And my God, I'm gonna have to read the book probably five times Because, anybody know what I'm talking about? You read it. It's like you read C.S. Lewis. Sometimes you have to read that. Ah, I need to read that page again because I'm not quite sure what he said. (laughs) Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't feel bad. Okay. And so, for those of you that want to hear about the God hypothesis about creation, the Big Bang, all of that, it's a brand new book. It's come out. It's done by a scientist and a debater. And it's amazing. And I'm almost halfway through and I'm not quite sure what he said. talking about making room for the anointing and a book that is deeply affecting me that book's affecting me it is affecting me i'm not just i'm getting maybe 25 percent of what the guy's saying it's kind of like i need to have a course before i read the book i'm reading another book that's very simple and plain for me to understand maybe not for others maybe it is it's called christ the healer i'm telling you you want your faith to blow up in the area of healing Read that. Now, that's just one of many others, many other books you could read. Why would you read? Because I'm making room for God to move in my life. I believe that a fresh touch of heaven is coming down upon us. Why? Because we're making room. How are you making room? Well, personally, I'm reading God's word more. I'm studying the word, and I'm not not watching another, you know, another, uh, uh, for the 15th time, you know the Return of the Jedi. Some of you, ah, oh, the Return of the Jedi. I'm not watching again another. You know the um, Ultron or whatever it is. As much as I don't know, I don't know what it's called. How many of you watch certain movies over and over and over? Go deeper and God. You want more of God? Then put Him first. Put an extension on your life. Make room for the anointing. Make room for God to come. Make room for God to speak to you to empower you. That's what you know. We're praying more. We're making room. And that's what this. Pre- that's what this precious lady did. She made room. She made a room for this prophet to come. And I think we can all do that. One day, verse uh, eleven. One day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and lay down there. And he said to his servant Gehazi, "Call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him and Elijah said to him, tell her, you have gone to great trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her, Elijah asked. I said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. Nice. (laughs) What the heck? Verse 15. Then Elijah said, call her. So he called her, and she stood at the door, and he said, about this time next year, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. See, why would she say that? because it was something that she had longed for and hoped for for these many years. We don't know how long, but her husband's old. Well, it's safe to say that they got married back then early. Don't get any ideas. Amen. And so they have no child. And she says, no, no. No. In other words, it's such a big thing for her that she put aside a dream, a hope that she had that she buried because it was past the time of possibility. It's another Abraham and Sarai story, really. When when it says her husband is old, it's not making fun of him. It's, It's biologically not probable that they would be able to have children, you understand. So they need a miracle, but it's it's past the time of her continuing to hope and believe for her miracle. I want to talk to you tonight about miracles and fighting for them. I think the, the thing that stands out most to me, now how many of you know he says, you know, this time next year, and how many of you know what happens? Apparently God intervened. And she had a child. They had a baby. They had a son. And in the course of time, without reading the whole text, uh, the, the son dies. We don't know how old he is. Some scholars say it's Jonah. I've read that. I don't know if that's true. We don't know. Some say it's Jonah, the prophet. The boy has a headache in the harvest. It's harvest time, he's out there with his son. Maybe he had his father, he had heat stroke, he had, something. he had something wrong, he had a headache. Came to his mama, she rocked him back and forth, and he died. Her response is profound, and we'll look at that tonight. As I look back on our building project, which, see, some of you don't really have a clue of how miraculous it is. You're just like, oh yeah, I built a building. That's the building they built, yeah. <laughs> those on the inside, those of you been around, have you been involved in any kind of building, been in any, involved in any kind of church building? To do what we've done, and, and, and please, we don't take any credit. We can't take any credit. That would be very dangerous because there is so many miracles that came about for that to happen, and there is more to come. I told you our current obstacle, big deal delayed materials. Delay, we command you to go just like every other little demon that tried to stop us before. I don't, mean that, I don't, mean like, I don't have to like muster anything. That's easy. The 23 million was a bigger task. <laughs> Getting financing for that. It's all a miracle. But as I look back on it, I think about those times and there, there's more than I can count where I would, we would get to this place, and if you're a part of morning prayer, you're a part of that journey of fighting that thing through. 20 to 30 people, 40 people, sometimes at the most, maybe 50. I'm praying for 100. You come to morning prayer, you'd hear the things that we're fighting for and contending for. We had boards up front, and I'm telling you, God has done every single one. He's doing everything. It's not all done yet, because when it's done, we'll shout grace, grace. We'll move in, and it'll be awesome, and we'll continue to grow and plant churches all over the world, and And then when it's all over, Jesus will come and split the eastern sky and we'll go home to beat him. I can't tell you how many times I've stood on that property with all hope. It's all hope in the natural, gone. Pastime, impossible. People want to tell me it's impossible. Professionals will tell you that's impossible. We had bankers laugh at us. We had people mock us. We had all kinds of, oh, he's still building that one, huh? Uh-huh, you'll be on the front row when we have a grand opening. We're on the, we're on the home stretch. And uh, I, I wanna just tell you right now, when we get there and we move in and we're all weeping and stuff, we're leading worship and it's all crazy like that. Take a big breath and just enjoy it and then realize we're gonna build more buildings, okay? So I'm just telling you, it, it's never gonna end. <laughs> it doesn't end. It goes on and on and on. Eagle River needs a building. We need a building in Anchorage. We need a building in Fairbanks. We need a building in Juneau. We need a building everywhere that God sends us and calls us. Come on, we need a building in Dillingham. All the Dillinghamers say, hallelujah. Come on, Fillingham, give them praise. And this text, I think, is something that we could put in our journal of of how we've walked this through, not just our building. But the truth is, in my own personal life, in the life of the history of our church these past 41 years, disappointments come. And things come from the enemy, sometimes from our own mistakes. You know, the boy should have been hydrated. I mean, really, to have the boy in the sun, he doesn't have a hat on. How many of you know it's hot down south? How many of you, anybody ever spent time in a desert? It's hot in the Judea countryside. It's hot in harvest time. Need to wear a hat, some of us more than others. And if you're dehydrated and and you get too much sun, you can get sun poisoning, you can get sunstroke. If you're dehydrated, you could die from dehydration. Now, we don't know what the problem is, and you could try to look to say, how could she do that with the, he was gonna be Jonah, and now he's dead. Listen, if God gives you a dream don't you just give up on that thing the second it looks like it's dead. She didn't give up. It had to be seriously disappointing. I don't do disappointment. Some people get angry. Some people get upset. Some people run. Some people hide. Some people medicate. What do you do when you're disappointed? When your dream, this hope that you had, all of a sudden it fails. It doesn't look like it's gonna come to pass. What do you do? Do what she did. Things happen in life that we do not understand, and it's so easy to blame people. So easy to blame. So Elijah, Elisha has received this inherited anointing, and he he's flowing in ministry and stops by on his circuit, of preaching and prophesying. She builds a room, prophesies a son. She has a son. She objected because it was too big a deal. It was her dream coming to pass. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Like, shut up, stop, don't tell me that. It was too, it's too big. It's like her heart was exploding because it was her dream, her dream of dreams. The boy dies, her dream dies. And what she does is she seeks out the prophet, Come on, look at verse, okay, verse 20. The servant lifted up the boy, brought him to his mama. He died. Verse 22, she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why do you go to him today, her husband asked. It's not a new moon or a Sabbath. Is it all right? It's all right, she said. It's all right, that's what she says. Everything's fine. Now he had to be the most undiscerning husband in the planet. You know, I mean she had to be crying. I mean, it had to be something. He's like, You okay? Uh, yes. Okay, awesome. Where's my newspaper? I, I don't know. Like, this doesn't say much about him. Maybe she was very stoic in her response, but he doesn't tell her. She saddled the donkey. Verse 20. 5. So she set out and came to the man of God of Mount Carmel. When when he saw her at a distance, the man of God said to the servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run and meet her and ask, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Which is fascinating to me because this is one of the great prophets of the Old Testament and he doesn't know. Prophets prophesy in part. Everything's all right," she said. Verse twenty-seven. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet, which is like a no-no. You'll notice that he didn't even talk to her; he had his servant talk to her. It's an etiquette thing; it's an honor thing. So, for her to fall at his feet and grab his feet, it's just like you actually touched him right now. Did you actually do that? It's it's it, it, she breaks all protocol. And Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, "Leave her alone." She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. And she says, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes. It's almost like, I mean, she's regretting that she actually had, she's so in despair. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. Time would fail to tell you different things that I've been through that broke my heart so profoundly. I didn't know if I'd ever actually live to see the day. Yet here I am. I'm gonna tell you, I don't know what you've been through, of disappointment and pain, difficulty and loss of your dream. But I am here to encourage you to tell you, get up. Get up and let your, don't have your hopes dashed. It's not over. It's not over till it is over. When is it over? When he splits the eastern sky and then you won't worry about it so long as you're in Christ and you'll, in a twinkling of an eye at the sound of a trumpet, you'll go to meet with him, meet him in the air. That's when it'll be over or when you're dead. That's when it's over. If you're dead, it's also O-V-E-R. If you've had your hopes dashed, you think like, by now, this should have happened. And I know. She seeks out Elijah to bring the boy back to life She contended for her miracle, just like we've had to contend for this building, just like I'm contending for other miracles in my life. I'll just tell you what they are. Some of you know I was not a good man many, many years ago. I'm a man man of God now, but back then I was a demonized, broken individual in my 20s, and I lost two daughters. And in my heart, I I hope they're on right now. I hope somehow that they, I have zero contact. I'm blocked on all social media. I have agents that seek things out for me just to make sure if they get married, I would like to know if they have some babies, I wanna know. God forbid that they be injured, I I wanna know. I have a dream that one day I'll be restored to to my daughters. They have no idea what they're missing. And I have no idea what I'm missing either. I've known people that murdered others that have more, contact with their children that I have with mine, and I've been serving God for 25 years. And I think, what's up with that? I don't know. But I know God is good. And I will not, I I've know too much, I've learned too much, I will not give up hope that one day, they're 30-something now, I don't know if they'll be 40-something, I don't know if they'll be in their 50s, I don't know when, but it will come to pass that my relationship will be restored with them one day. Can you say amen? Amen. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. Rise up. Make room for the anointing. Receive miracles. Receive hope. Receive dreams. And if things end up dashed on the rocks, don't cave into disappointment and go back to Jack Daniels. He never helped you anyway. Tell Jack to hit the road. And don't come back. No more, no more, no more. She fought. She laid, the first thing that she did is she brought the boy up to the room. She brought the boy up to the room. Why would she do that? because she tied it right back. This is a promise that you gave me, God, this man of God who likes my food and this room that I made. I'm bringing him back. I'm putting him up in there. And she put him in the room. She didn't lay him in a field. She didn't bury him. She brought him up to the prophet's room. She didn't tell her husband what happened. So many people are quick to get on social media, so quick to flap their gums about all their difficulty to solicit pity from people. I'm going to tell you something. You don't need a pity party. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to set you free. You need the power of God to come upon you and your dead boy. Do you understand what I'm telling you? To come upon you in your dream. Don't try to solicit pity. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't even feel good after a while. We all want to be comforted. I'm not saying don't comfort people. But if you're constantly eliciting from people's emotions to weep and cry for you... Give me a break. You want to have a funeral and let your dream die? Go ahead. I refuse to do that. We wouldn't have a building if we all did that. Our new building wouldn't exist. If we'd be about 100 people. I'd still be crying over the 100 people that left when I first got here. Oh, they just they don't love Shut up. <laughs> Grow a backbone, you jellyfish. Grow a backbone. Get some faith, right? But I'm hurting. I know, I know. I understand. But God is a God who can raise the dead, heal the sick, and set the captives free. And if God gave you a dream and God's word says it, then I believe it. Why don't you believe it and let things change? It hasn't changed yet. So what? Who are you? You're the clay, he's the potter. She clung to Elijah, verse 27. She clung. She was fighting for a miracle. Do you fight? Are you a fighter? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Well, you need to change. We need to love, too, because without that, we're, we're clanging, resounding gongs and cymbals. We need to have love. We don't have love. We have nothing. But love fights. Love contends. Love believes against all odds. Love hopes. Love believes all things. Hopes all things. Love never fails. Believe God. Believe for transformation. Believe for your boy, for your girl, for your dream to come alive. Though the enemy's tried to kill it, to get you over into discouragement and get you quit, to quit. I'm convinced that there's lots of times that we could quit. How many of you ever wanted to quit? The rest of you are liars. Or you're not gonna raise your hand no matter what. There's times when we just, like, I can't go through with this. I called Dr. Morocco. I've shared this many times before because it's humorous and true going through a challenging times when I first got here in 20, 2005, 2006, going through a difficult time. And um, I called Dr. Morocco to complain. And so I'm telling him how hard it was and the different things were happening. And he's agreeing, well, that's, that's challenging. Well, that's, that's difficult. I said, I don't know, Pastor. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, Pastor Daniel, what are you talking about? I said, well, I just don't know. What? What do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? You keep doing what you've always done. I'm like, okay, okay. He said, so nobody's trying to burn you at the stake. Are they? I'm like, uh, no. No, I'm pretty sure nobody's trying to burn me at the stake. Pretty sure. I think I got cut off when I was driving and it might have been one of the people from the church. But I don't think anybody tried to burn me at the stake. He said, okay, okay. So answer me this question Daniel, have have you resisted to the point of shedding blood? I'm thinking, uh, no, I'm, no, I haven't. He says, okay, you're all right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> How many of you have resisted to the point of shedding blood to contend for your dream? No one. No, you don't know. I think I saw some blood. I think that was, was blood. No, it wasn't. So many people throw in the towel on their marriages, throw in their towel on their children, throw in the towel on the church, throw in the towel on God, give up on their miracle and settle for death. I will never do it, and I will teach you how to overcome, teach you how to push back, teach you how to fight, teach you how to contend, how to pray through, to resist the devil and see him flee. If you're just, come on, get rid of the jellyfish spirit, for God's sake, and grow a spine. Come on, lift your hands, to heaven. <laughs> Lord, give me a backbone, God. She clung to Elijah. She fought for her dreams. She had persistent faith. Don't quit on your marriage. Listen, I've found this. Everywhere you go, you can move if you want to. You can try to do geographical moves. You can try to do relational moves. Everywhere you go, there you are. And you will find, you will find in the course of time, if you try to do changes like that, that the same nonsense happens. You know why? It's you. Hey, people don't like me. Yeah, it's not them. It's you. You're kind of offended me. I hope so, so you can change. Let's all raise our hands and worship God for a second. Thank you, Lord God. Hey, hallelujah. Come on, just give him praise in the house of God. Years ago, precious sister, who actually knew my family from Long Island, New York. She's in heaven now. Uh, But she she was pretty intense. She was East Coast, and I love her, prophetic intercessor, and sometimes people that are prophetic intercessors, they just learn how to, they need to learn how to love and be a little sweeter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You gotta be careful prophetic people. They, they can be a little hard. It's black and white, backhand you, you know. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, so she kind of had it like that. And uh, she says, uh, We need to talk, Pastor. I said, Okay. She's like, All right, so we set up an appointment. She comes to my office, she sits in my office, she says, no one wants to be a part of my small group. I said, no kidding. She says, not one person. And I want you to put some people in my life group, in my small group. I said, "Um, do you know why that is? I have no idea. But you need to do, I said, the reason, I said, the reason I want to be in your small group is the way you're talking to me right now? That's why I wouldn't be in your small group either. That's kind of rude. I said, I know, but you're from the East Coast, so am I, so you can take it. <laughs> another, another precious story. I lo- we love her. She's amazing. She's in heaven now. She would, she would uh, do certain things in worship that were like a little scary. And um, so she, I was correcting her and said, listen, you can't just scream in the middle of service. So like right now, can you imagine right now, it's just, you know, calm. you can hear some people laughing, little babies. Can you imagine right now on the far side of your, ah! People are like, oh my God, it's a devil. But it wasn't. It was, it was called the mighty shout. And I, I do believe in a mighty shout. I, I do. The shout of the Lord. So we had lost some people. We had, we had, we had police officers in a service for the first time. They were sitting all the way back here and this mighty shout thing, God bless her, you know, took place on the other side. And the police officers went straight into action, running over to like give her a Heimlich and some somebody, there were two cops. One, one was a part of the church and the other one was visiting for the first time. And the guy starts running. Like the other person grabbed and said, no, it's, 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 it's one of those churches. So I, I, I brought her into this, you love this. I brought her into this, this God's honest truth. God brought her into my office and said, okay, listen, we need to talk. You know that, ah, thing you do? I said, you got to stop that. She said, that's the shout of the Lord. I said, okay, do it at home. Don't do it in service. She said, pastor, other people shout. I said, not like you. And you shout kind of at the wrong time sometimes. There's other times, how many of you know if everybody's shouting right now? It's time to shout for God's sake. That's when you should shout the mighty shout, not when people are weeping and there's like this still small voice and silence. Then everybody, this blood curdling mighty shout makes everybody soil themselves and visitors run out the back door. So I said, You can't do that anymore. Why not? I said, because it disturbs the service. And it's, it kind of seems crazy. I mean, just don't do that. It's out of order. Stop. She says, well, you do crazy stuff. I said, "Mm, that's true. But I'm the pastor and you're not. It's okay. She goes, well, is that the way it is? I said, that's the way it is. I don't know how I'm going to tie that into this message, but... (laughs) I loved about that precious lady was she would not quit over any promise. She stood on God's word and would beat the fool out of anything that mocked it. She stood in prayer. She was one amazing warrior for God. She contended for her miracles. In times of disappointment, do what this lady did. Contend for your miracle. Don't just quit. The woman with the issue of blood in the New Testament. 12 years. She's tried to get her miracle for 12 years. So, for 12 years, she goes to physicians and tries to get help. Spent all the money she has, says the text, and she's still trying to get healed. 12 years, that's a long time. Jesus is coming by and she says, Oh, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. For her to do that, first of all, would to be in a crowd, would to break Levitical law, would to break. Come on, some laws need to be broken. Sometimes there's a higher law at work. She touched the hem of his garment, he felt virtue go out of her, and she got a miracle. She fought, she contended. You'll see in Luke 18, I believe it is, the widow and the unjust judge, constantly knocking, constantly seeking, constantly asking, not stop. Persistent faith will release breakthrough. Persistent, dogged determination The Holy Spirit works through people who persist. The Holy Spirit will work through those who persist, those who persevere. We've had many a clinic with our building. The clinic's not over. I come bearing no bad news. I'm just telling you, what could have gone wrong in this thing did mostly. Well, God's got the greatest safety record in the whole state. There's no accidents ever. There's never been any accidents. It's a miracle. It'll stay that way. But all the financing, all the things to slow it down, we faced those, and we persistently had to fight for them. I'm telling you, will you please fight for your neighbors and fight for your family, fight for your marriage, fight. contend for what God said, contend for the dream. Don't cave in. Don't be a jellyfish Christian. And so the man of God comes back, and you see his persistence, which that to me is amazing. Because you think it would just be like, bam, and the boy rises. That's not what happens. She's persistent, and then he has to be persistent. Could it be, now, if it, was, if it is Jonah, which we don't know, and I can't prove, but if it is, could it be that connected to connected to that little boy was the destiny of a city of over 100,000 people? See, some of you don't understand that connected to your dream is far more than you just being satisfied or fulfilled because it came to pass. Connected to your dream are all the people that God will be touched, that God, God will impact through the dream coming to fulfillment. When God, when he, when he touches a group of people, that contend and they fight and they pray and they fast and they see it come to pass. Could it be that the results of that coming to pass? Could it be that the warfare is bigger than what you... We just think about our own selves. We just think about me and my family and my kids. It's more than you, your family, and your kids. It's a state. That's right. It's a nation, maybe. Sometimes we face battles that we don't understand what's actually at stake. It's not just a boy, and I don't mean to say just, it's someone's boy. But the destiny of that boy—should she win? Should she contend? And she did. But then the man of God had to come on. He comes, and what happens? He goes into the room. And, well, she, he sends his servant there. Verse 20, 29. Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff. Sends this rod of God in his hand. They don't meet anyone. Don't greet them. It's, it reminds me of the, of the disciples. Don't, don't talk to anybody on the road. Go. There's an urgency. And put my staff on the boy's face. Verse 30. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. She's not gonna let him go. Some of you let go. You know what the good news is tonight? You hear a message like this get a hold of him again. Pick up your dream again. Repent for quitting. I know you got discouraged. All right, shake it off. Get up. Get back in the game. I remember playing, you know, we were. All, I was always a part of these fourth quarter teams. Does anybody know what that means? It was like the fourth quarter. It was our school that I went to in high school was known for the fourth quarter. And the reason is they trained us so hard that by the fourth quarter came we were in such good shape that though they might have outskilled us or outclassed us in all the skills and abilities of whatever sport it was, we trained so hard that they were gassed by the fourth quarter, and we would run them into the ground and physically hurt them and win. I remember being in those fourth quarters and you know, soaking wet and it's raining, whether it be football or lacrosse, and just sitting there pulled out for a moment, injured, the coach saying, are you all right? I said, man, I'm, I'm in pain. He says, are you hurt or injured? He said, you can't play injured, but you can play hurt. I said, I'm hurt. He said, all right, you're going in. It's the fourth quarter. Let's go bracket. Let's go. Hit me in the helmet. Ah! That's what I'm trying to do to you right now. I'm trying to take you by the face mask, headbutt you and say, let's go. You can win. You can overcome. You can conquer. You can take territory. Your dream can come to pass. It can. He said, Well, it's dead. Well, then raise it up. It's sick. Peel it. Don't quit. The servant puts the rod on the boy's face, and you know, nothing happens. Are you all there with me? Worship team. When Elijah reached the house, the boy was lying dead on his couch. Whose couch? Not the boy's couch, Elijah's couch. He went in and shut the door. He did what? Shut the door. Sometimes you need to shut the door. Shut the door to the lies, shut the door to the opposition, shut the door to the naysayer, shut the door to everybody that wants to mock. Everybody that wants to have a little pity party with you. Then we need to shut the door. I preached on that a while back. He shut the door on the two of them. So it's not even him and Gehazi. It's just him and the dead boy. And he prayed to the Lord. And he got on the bed and lay upon the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, and he stretched himself upon him. The boy's body grew warm, which means... Either it supernaturally grew warm, or it began to grow warm because of Elijah's warmth. Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room. Then he got on the bed and he stretched out upon him once more. It's this picture of progression. See, you you had where's Susan? Susan with the no more deaf ear. It's a how's your hearing now? Great, okay. So from the time she was how old? A baby. She couldn't hear out her left ear. I'm convinced that you could have gone home today, Susan, and had a hot ear and talked yourself out of it. But you're a woman of faith. I've done it before, too. Well, that must be, you know, maybe there was that bee sting that just sort of, I don't know why my ear's hot. I don't know. Do you have any ice? Let me ice my ear. Something's going on. I, no, she directly related it to the t- prayer that she got. Her faith was activated. She stood on God's word. And then, and then she started hearing something better than, you know, than she was hearing before. It wasn't the full miracle. And her face started stirring. She's like, oh, wow, oh, thank you, Jesus. And she, you called me or texted me or something. And we spoke. And then what was that? That was testifying. Hey, this morning, when you laid hands on me, man, my ear. It's, a, it's this progressive. Sometimes healings are progressive. Miracles are instantaneous. So this is, this is a progressive miracle. I, some of you stretched out over your dead thing, and then you quit. He, he didn't. He got up. He paced back and forth. I think he's doing that intercessory prayer move, you know. The body gets warm, and he gets up. sha ta ta Sha-ta-ta. Sha-ta-ta-ta. So you guys don't know what that is? It's an intercessory prayer chop. <laughs> you ginsu, the enemy. Oh my, look at this. He stretched himself upon him again. And the boy sneezed seven times. You know, they say your heart skips when you sneeze. I don't know if that's true. This boy started sneezing and he opened his eyes. I want to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your babies. Don't give up on your teenager. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on the hope that you have, the hope and the dream that you have. Oh, I know that there's obstacles and I know that there's difficulty, but God before you, who can be against you? You can overcome even death. If God's with you, then the blood can stop. Be like the widow and the unjust. I'm not a widow. I get it. You're not a widow. Be like the widow. Don't quit. Don't let up. Don't throw in the towel. I told my son and my daughter, quit is a four-letter curse word. Bracken, simply don't quit. But the truth is, real Christians don't quit. What are you going to quit to? Where are you going to go? you Are going to throw in the towel? Are you going to go back to Jack? You ain't going to go back to Jack. You ain't going back to Mary either. Marijuana. You ain't going back there either. Don't let the devil rob you. Fight. Don't let the devil rob you. Fight. Everybody say fight. Fight for your miracle. Fight for your dream. Don't live with disappointment. Say, but I am disappointed. I understand. Take that disappointment and believe for God to turn it to good. Take disappointment and believe for God to turn it for good. Thank you for joining today's podcast.